Well, I want to thank my wife, Colleen, for sharing that story that took place uh, almost uh, 50 years ago. It's hard to believe. But it really is an example of the power of a choice in our lives. Life is a, is a series of choices. And um, our lives end up being the sum total of the choices that we make, whether good or bad. And it's sobering for me how one choice can irrevocably change the trajectory of our lives. A bad choice can send us into a tailspin. A good choice can take us on the path of life and blessing. And so today, I I just want to show us um, how we can make good choices in life. And even if you've made a bad choice in life, a choice that you regret, how you can get back onto the path of recovery, because even if you're sitting here watching this, and you're like, you know, I just really messed up, I blew it, there is still hope, and I hope that you'll just stay with me uh, as I bring this message to you today. Um, so I want you to know that I uh, speak today as somebody uh, who is a flawed human being, and some of you know that better than others. Um, despite my best intentions, um, I know that I am I'm prone to sin. And uh, I sometimes have lapses in judgment. Um, I am a sinner saved by grace, just like you. Um, And I am, sometimes I've said things uh, that I regret. Sometimes maybe they were harsh or unkind. And and I've had to go and apologize for, for what I said. And, and then there's times when I've done something I shouldn't have done, and sometimes unintentionally, but then there's times I have to confess when I did things that I knew were wrong or that I knew were offensive, but I went ahead anyway. Well, I've got good news because, uh, and this is good news for me, is I believe in a God, the God of the Bible is a redemptive God. That means that God can redeem all the uh, bad stuff in our lives, all the chaos of our lives, and bring something good out of it. He can still achieve His purpose even if we mess up. And so God forgives even the worst of sins and the worst of sinners. So if you're watching today, no matter who you are, again, I just want to say there is a way back for you if you've messed up. Um, God can take our mistakes and our sins, and our lapses in judgment, and He can somehow orchestrate them so that it accomplishes His purposes for your life. And so, if you're like me, I'm sure that there's some things in life that that you regret, things that you've done, things that you've said, and maybe you still feel the, the sting of guilt about those things. Maybe you're feeling some shame about those things. But again, you don't have to stay there. There is a way back. Um, perhaps you're being confronted right now with a choice. And I wouldn't be surprised that maybe some of you watching this, uh, you have a choice before you right now. And it's a choice between doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing. The right thing is usually the harder path at the beginning. Um, the wrong thing is usually the easy path, but it ends up destroying 
everything and everyone around you. I have a friend um, who uh, lives in Alberta, uh, married with a couple of children, and um, oh, about 10 or 15 years ago, uh, he contacted me, and he said, I, I have a problem I need to talk to you about. And he told me that uh, he's a career person, uh, you know, white-collar worker, works in an office, and quite successful. But he said there was a woman there who, um, who was after him. And he was feeling tempted. Uh, he found her attractive, and she obviously found him attractive. But he was married with two little children at that time. And he wasn't sure what to do. And, and I, I am sure I said this to him. I don't remember for sure, but I usually say this in times like this. I think you do know what to do. The question is, do you have the courage and the integrity to do it? You see, our lives are a series of choices, whether good or bad. And so my encouragement to you today, whatever you're facing, choose well. Um, some of you um, are facing a decision right now as you listen to this and watch this, uh, you've got two paths open before you. And I can tell you right now, one path is the path of life and the other is the path of destruction. Which are you going to choose? The Bible says in Proverbs 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And I have to tell you as a pastor, I have counseled uh, many people over the years who've made the wrong choice. I've seen people break down in a, in a pool of tears and sob in anguish over regretful choices that they made. Um, so we're going to look today at a story in the Bible about a man of God Someone you know, if you've been watching the last few weeks, David, who became the king of Israel, King David. Uh, the last few weeks, I've been talking about David's wisdom and his courage and his humility and so on. Uh, but David also was flesh. He was a man, just like me. And this is an episode in David's life um, that was not very admirable. David was the king of Israel and had been king for a number of years, and he was probably about 40 years old at this time in his life. But it tells us in 2 Samuel chapter 11, and by the way, if you've got your Bible, uh, you can open it to 2 Samuel uh, chapter 11 and follow along uh, with me and with this story. But uh, David's army was off to war, and it tells us near the beginning of that chapter that David remained in Jerusalem. And so one day, David was walking around on his roof, and he saw a beautiful woman, and he lusted for her. And so here he is. He's king. He's a man with power. He sends one of his servants to go fetch her. She comes to him. He sleeps with her. A few weeks pass, a month or whatever, and she says to him, I am pregnant. And this would eventually spiral out of control and become a terrible scandal for David. In this tragic account in 2 Samuel 11, we see a crime committed, a sin. We see a crisis that develops out of that. Uh, and then we see uh, David create a cover-up and then the consequences that follow. And so there's two lessons I want to draw from this story 
in 2 Samuel 11. First of all, no one is immune to temptation. David was a man of God. The Bible says repeatedly, Old Testament and New, that David was a man after God's own heart. And yet he was about to do something uh, unthinkable for a man of his stature. Um, and the question you have to ask is, why did David do this? Why would he take the risk? And the fact is, about sin, is sin is irrational. Um, and so David does something he knew better. Uh, David let his guard down. Uh, remember, David was a man of God, and so if he could fall, if this could happen to David, it could also happen to you and me. We cannot stand in judgment upon him. Somebody once said, there but for the grace of God go I. And so our best defense against temptation is to recognize our own humanity and to recognize that we need the grace of God to overcome. And we've got to put safeguards in place. Um, our district, Church of the Nazarene, uh, has something they call the safeguard policy for pastors so that we don't fall into temptation and then sin and destroy our lives and our ministries. Uh, sometimes Christians think that they can tempt fate, um, and they, they put themselves into harm's way, sometimes deliberately because they think they're that strong, but they're not. If David couldn't resist it, that means that you and I could fall into the trap as well. And so I have a saying that I like to use, and that is this, that if you can't resist temptation, avoid it. Here's what it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Just say no. Don't look to the right or to the left as you walk this path we call life. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. But David didn't say no, and David didn't resist. David gave in to temptation, and he sinned. And so when we fall into sin, we've got two options before us. One is we can confess it. We can own up to it. But the other option is we can deny it. We can cover it up. When Bathsheba, this woman that he got pregnant, Uriah's wife, when she said, I am pregnant... David would then choose a path that would lead him on a very, very dark journey in his life. David could have confessed his sin. Instead, he chose to, to manage the crisis that he created. And so in order to conceal this sin and the fact that this woman was pregnant with his child, David would put into motion a series of events that would have disastrous repercussions for him and for his family. And that's my second point. Not only is it this, that, you know, the lesson is that uh, we are not immune to temptation. Nobody is. But secondly, that sin, when we give into it, sin, if we don't confess it, sin is a slippery slope. Don't ever think that you're immune to it, and don't ever think that you can control that downward spiral of destruction if you 
fail to confess your sin and try to cover it up. Um, this is what we learn from the life of David. And don't ever think that you don't have a choice, even if you make the wrong choice. You do. Even if you've already made the wrong choice, you could still confess and do the responsible thing. But David shows the cover-up. And so it tells us in the story, uh, beginning around verse 8 of that chapter, it tells us that David feigns kindness to, to Uriah. He says, hey, Uriah, come back from the battlefield and give me a report on how the battle is going. And so Uriah comes back. He doesn't seem to know any better. And David inquires of Uriah about the battle. And then he says, Uriah, since you're home, why don't you go and be with your wife and be intimate with your wife? And you know what David's up to here, that they would be intimate and then Uriah would just naturally think that the baby was his. But after a few attempts to get Uriah to go home to his wife, uh, Uriah wouldn't do it. Uriah was a man of honor. Uh, and at this point in David's life, he wasn't. But Uriah said, how can I go and enjoy intimacy with my wife when there are men dying and shedding their blood on the battlefield? And so David now uh, puts into play one of the, the, the worst abuses of power uh, in the Bible. And David orchestrates, basically he orchestrates Uriah's murder. And you can see this in verses 14 to 25. You see, when we try to hide our sins, when we do a cover-up, uh, you know, when we give into desperation, um, it takes us uh, to um, a really, really dark place in our lives. And even the best of us uh, can do things that we never thought were imaginable. Um, and so he makes sure that Uriah is put on the front lines of the battle where he is pretty much certain to be killed. And sure enough, David gets a report back from a messenger saying in verse 24, it says, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. Now David has the opportunity to take Bathsheba as his wife. And David has efficiently disposed of Uriah, the husband, and he takes her as his wife. And he may have thought, you know what, I got away with this. You see, sin is a slippery slope, isn't it? Um, we convince ourselves that, you know, it, it'll be just this one time and I can clean this thing up, nobody has to know. But every sin that we commit empowers the next one unless we confess it. Um, we lose control of the narrative when we try to cover it up. It's hard to keep track of all those lies and it begins to define our lives. And so, yes, it's true that life is a series of choices, whether good or bad. And so, um, let's learn from the story of David. Um, so, I want to bring this back to you and me. Uh, David should have confessed his sin immediately, but he didn't. What started out as a one-night stand with another man's wife led to premeditated murder and years of misery and heartbreak in the house of David. David never intended that it would go this far. So David ended up committing, uh, actually breaking, uh, and disobeying the last five of the Ten Commandments. He coveted what did not belong to him. He committed adultery. He, in essence, uh, bore false witness. He committed what was tantamount to murder, and then he stole 
Uriah's wife by marrying her. Um, but this is what it says in verse 27, the last verse of that chapter, some of the most ominous words in Scripture. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. David thought that he had succeeded in this cover-up. But he didn't count on Uriah's honor. And so he had to use deception and manipulation in order to cover it up. He thought that he had covered it up. But God knew. And David was about to get tangled up in the web that he himself had spun. And David was about to learn a very painful lesson in his life, and that is that you cannot outrun your sin. It catches up with you. How often do we hear in the news today about men in powerful positions in the entertainment industry, celebrities, athletes, um, and uh, uh, politicians who take advantage of their power over their subordinates, thinking that they can cover it up, sexual scandals, and then it all comes out in the news. Uh, my wife's grandmother used to say, be sure your sins will find you out. That is true. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Nothing. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before His eyes to whom we must give an account. God sees what is done in secret, whether good or evil. Yes, there's forgiveness if we confess and if we repent. But forgiveness doesn't mean that there's no consequences. Sin always has consequences. So maybe you're standing at a crossroads in your life right now. Maybe you're at the intersection between two choices, to do the right thing or to do the wrong thing. What are you going to do? So I want you to imagine how things might have been different. Had David, when he learned that Bathsheba was pregnant, or even before then, after he committed the sin of sleeping with her, if he would have confessed to God immediately and if he would have just made this right and let the chips fall where they may, how might things have turned out differently for David? We don't know. But it would have been much better than what happened. And how different the outcome might have been for him and for the nation of Israel. But David, David's story is our story. This isn't just about David. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11, these things, and it's talking about the Old Testament and the people of Israel. It's saying these things happened to them as examples to us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. So we need to ask ourselves, what can we learn from David's story? So here's what I want you to do today. If you're at a moral crossroads right now, and you have two choices before you. One's good, and one's very, very bad. I want to encourage you to choose the way of life. Choose life. Choose to do the right thing. Ask God. Get on your knees 
and say, God, help me to do the right thing. Do like my friend did and go talk to someone about it, someone you, a trusted counselor, a wise counselor. That's the first thing I want you to do. If you're facing a choice, deal with it, resist it. But the second thing is, if you've already made the wrong choice, it's still not too late. Even if you started down the wrong path, you can turn back. And God will be there to meet you, but it requires your confession. And so, it means you need to come clean. And it takes courage to do that. Don't wait like David did until you get caught. And so as we're going to see in next Sunday's message, uh, David never confessed. He never brought it out into the open until he was confronted by one of the prophets of Israel. We don't have to make the same kind of choice that David made. So now I want to tell you the rest of the story about my friend. He, after we had talked, he went and told his wife about this woman at the office. That was the first thing he did right. And that was a form of confession. He hadn't yet sinned, but he was being tempted. And then he went and talked to this woman, and he said, this has got to stop. But then he knew that it wouldn't stop. And so then he did a very difficult thing, and he quit his job, and he found another job. And so I want to ask you, how far are you willing to go in order to be obedient to God? And do the right thing. Because you see, life is a series of choices. Whether good or bad. And it will put you either on the path of destruction. Or on the path of life. What choice are you going to make today? Please pray with me. Father, I want to thank you. For delivering us from temptation. And for all those times that you've kept us from sinning and going down that dark path of destruction. And Lord, I thank you that even when we do make the wrong choice and we do sin, that if we confess our sins, that you will offer forgiveness. You do forgive us when we confess. And you cleanse us. You make us clean in your sight. And you restore us. So today, as you're watching this, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, maybe you're standing at a crossroads right now. And maybe it hasn't got to do with sexual morality. Maybe this is another kind of a sin. Something that you're being tempted to say or to do that you know is wrong. Maybe it's uh, to steal. Or maybe it's to gossip. Would you right now Say no. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Take a moment right now. Ask for God's help. And make a decision and tell God out loud that you want to do what is right and pleasing in his sight. Now if you're a believer and you've made the wrong choice already, You've already gone down that dark path. It's still not too late. You can turn back. There's recovery. 
But again, you need to confess it. Tell the Lord about it. And say, God, forgive me. Have mercy upon me, a sinner. And God will forgive you. And he will help you. And if you're watching this and you're not a Christian, you're not a, a believer, but something in this message has resonated with you, I want to give you the opportunity to know God. And I said earlier in the message, we have to come to a recognition of our own humanity. And so that's a big step, just to realize I can't live this life the way it was meant to be lived, the way God created me to live this life without his help. God sent his son Jesus into the world to be an example, to show us how life should be lived, but he also sent him to die on the cross, to take our sins upon himself. And through his sacrifice on the cross, we could experience forgiveness. That's really where the forgiveness comes from, is through Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross, through his sacrificial death. And so if you want to become a Christian and become a follower of Jesus, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Father, just say these words. Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. I confess my sin to you. And if there's specific sins right now that you need to confess, take some moments and do that. You can do that after I say amen if you need to. Lord, I repent of my sin. I turn away from it. I want to leave this dark path and turn onto the path of righteousness. Lord, forgive me and cleanse me, purify me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for me. I now accept you as my Savior and as my Lord. And I now commit the rest of my life to you, to live for you in a way that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen.